NAS, local, cloud, drive, offsite, offline, cold, hot, OS 10, Windows, iOS, Android, the rule of three, two, one. Back it up, people. That's what this episode of Tech Thing is all about. Tech Thing is brought to you by viewers just like you. Visit us at patreon.com slash techthing to contribute and keep a fresh episode of Tech Thing coming to you each and every week. Thank you so much for your continued support. I'm Shannon Morse. And I'm Patrick Norton. And this is Tech Thing, where we make technology behave. At least on the good days. <laughs> and this, ladies and gentlemen, is about what you should do before you have a bad day of technology. Yes! This is our first ever special episode all about backing up your data, because we've got plenty well, of info for you guys. We should probably, this is our first special episode. I don't know if we're going to have a lot of data backing up specials. We could. Every episode is special. Well, yes. <laughs> Yes, they are. <laughs> She's in the Bahamas right now. We're recording this episode very late, a few days before. I had lots of club mate. <laughs> yes. Shannon's been <laughs> bouncing off the ceiling. It's the Woo! hacker beverage of choice. It is. Uh, in Europe. Don't ask how it got here. In any case, we want to make sure by the end of this show that each and every one of you know exactly how you can and should be backing up your stuff. That's the plan. That's the plan. First off, the most important rule, and you have to follow this or else you're just going to screw everything else up. Three, two, one. The backup rule. Am okay. I right? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. And you're also full of Club Mate. Do a search on Google and you'll find thousands of pages talking about the three, two, one rule or the rule of three. My personal favorite, though, is a PDF I found on the CERT website. That's the U.S. Computer Emergency Readiness Team. So if you take a look at this. Well, I'll just quote, all computer users from home users to professional information security officers should back up the critical data they have on their desktops, laptops, servers, and even mobile devices to protect it from loss or corruption. Saving just one backup file may not be enough to safeguard your information. To increase the chances of recovering lost or corrupted data, follow the three, two, one rule. Three, keep three copies of any important file, one primary and two backups. Two, keep the files on two different media types to protect against different types of hazards. One, store one copy off-site, e.g. outside your home or business facility. And, of course, you'll want to update those regularly. Yeah. For example, rotating an external drive from the office to the home right. and the home to the office after you've put the latest backup on it. Very, very important. Well, it, okay, so let's let's slow down. Sort of a sort of a backup system. It's built yeah. around three, two, one. The first copy is the the data on your computer. Yes. This. Your tablet, your phone, those are included. At that moment, you only have that one copy. And if your computer is stolen, your phone breaks or whatever, you're no longer going to have that copy. It's gone. It's kaput. And that's bad. Yeah. So that's why we have a second copy. The second Ooh. copy could be as simple as storing that same data on an external hard disk drive or a solid state drive or a thumb drew, thumb drew, thumb drive. Thumb drews. Maybe I should have had a club mate. Thumb drews, <laughs> thumb drive. And basically storing it uh, you know, in your fireproof. Well, you can leave yeah. it on your desk. It's kind of funny. I had a friend of mine who was very adamant that he had all the backup he needed because mm -hmm. he had his laptop and an external drive. And I said, so if somebody breaks into your house and takes your laptop, do you think they'll be kind enough to leave your external drive? <laughs> Probably not. Probably not. So that's the idea. That's why you need the third thing. So those are your first two copies, but you need to have a third one that's off-site somewhere. Right. So this is going to be where your cloud backup or your off-site backup comes into play. Right. So while it's not yet another physical copy that you have in your hands, like in your household, well, together with that, 
you are actually copying the ones and zeros of each bit of data of every single file right. into another storage facility. So this is going to be where like Carbonite comes into play, or Spider Oak, or whatever your cloud backup or your other server is. Uh, so if number one and number two get destroyed in a fire or something locally, right. you can still access those important files from some off-site location. It's really funny. Like you know, it could be an actual physical drive. Like you know, you, you, let's say you own your business, you yeah. can take the data drive from home to the business and the data drive from the business back to your home and swap those back and forth. You could store, you know, your extra copy of stuff at somebody else's house in a bank yeah. deposit box in the trunk of yeah, your car. Exactly. But the idea is to just generally make sure it is, I don't know if the trunk of your car is a great idea, <laughs> but that's a whole nother story I've been living Just as in. long as it's not like in the same building, that's my role. Is yes. just keep it far away from where the first two copies right. could potentially get destroyed. And if you live in, say, tornado country, you might yeah. want to be in another <laughs> the, the, that data being in another town or a bomb-proof facility like a crash plan, server, yeah. database, vault thing is where it starts getting really important. Like I, I personally use crash plan to back up files offline. You can store on their cloud, a local drive, or on another PC you have access to. It's really cool. You can even share backup duties um, with friends and family. It's pretty slick. It backs up your newest files first. You can create backup sets. Uh, as in back up this file here and this file over there. Um, it's slick. You control how many versions of the file get backed up online and you can lock it all down with 448-bit encryption so you don't have to worry about whether or not somebody at you know, Code42, which owns CrashPlan, <laughs> is sitting there going, star.jpg all. Because no. if, you've, if you've encrypted your files, they're not going to get into them for a long time, if ever. Like, exactly. 448-bit encryption, we're talking about eons of computing time. No RM, <laughs> tech, RFs, star, remove everything things. That's right. not happening here. We have paranoia issues. And if dealing with fireproof boxes and loose hard drives sounds like a pain or your internet speed sucks and you want something uh, more fireproof than the average NAS box, network attached storage box inside your home or office, check out IOSafe. They've got some really cool fireproof slash floodproof boxes yeah. um, where it's literally they take a drive and they put it in a waterproof container that's lined with ceramic to protect the drive from heat and from water. Not indefinitely and not a blast furnace, but for a typical house fire or flood, uh, you should have at least three days before things get wet or you know, otherwise melty or dead. IOSAFE <laughs> has some cool ones. I've seen these at conventions and I've seen them like show the boxes with bullets, like just bullet holes in them and well, all sorts of bullets, stuff. Bullets, that's... It's pretty uh, insane. The, they've, you shoot through a drive, you've got problems. They've stuck a flamethrower at it. I've, I heated up uh, one of their NAS boxes to over 600 degrees and then dumped it in water. I want to throw it in a volcano and see if that works. No, it will vaporize. <laughs> it will turn into volcano guts. Time for a rapid fire round. This week, we're going to talk about three backup apps in less than a minute each because y'all have been asking, how do I back up my phone? You ready? I'm ready. Go! iPhone or iPad, you got two basic options. I personally use iTunes on the desktop. Plug your phone into your Windows or Mac box. Click on the iPhone or iPad icon inside of iTunes. Choose this computer or iCloud. This computer will back up your whole phone on a file you can encrypt on your local OS X or Windows box. iCloud does roughly the same thing except it's only going to really store your bookmarks, contacts, calendars, Mac app docs, mail messages, notes, and some photos on Apple servers. Apple servers. Some. iCloud backup 
will restore your purchased music, movie, and app content from the iTunes Store, App Store, and iBook Store during the background restore process. Takes a while, but not, say, the audio or video you didn't purchase from iTunes. Cool. So it's, it's convenient, yes, but it's, it's not very quite convenient. as extensive. Doesn't have everything in your phone. Right. It's kind of the same with Android phones or tablets, too. Android phones and tablets have this built right in. You just go into settings, backup and reset, and make sure backup my data is checked. And then you can choose the account that you want mm -hmm. to back up. The Gmail account or the Google account is what this backup is tied to. So this is going to back up your contacts, emails, photos, videos, calendars, purchases through Google Play Store, including any videos and MP3s that you might get through there, and downloaded applications, plus a whole lot more. Photos and videos backup will need to be manually turned on under your account settings as well. So you can find that under account under your settings. Now you can also use a third-party application from the Play Store as well, like Titanium Backup, to back up other things like your SMS messages and any third-party application data too. So very similar to the Apple one, you do have to look at alternative sources to back up right. everything on your phone. Number three, let's talk a little bit more about local versus cloud storage. It's really simple. Cloud storage, pretty cool. You have the servers in the sky, in the <laughs> internet, somewhere that are managed by professionals, right? The theory is really slick. Your phone's constantly backing up in the background mm -hmm. when you're on Wi-Fi. Uh, and if you break your phone on vacation or a business trip, you can restore it from anywhere you have access to Wi-Fi. Um, it's really cool. iCloud, pretty slick. One thing I should point out, as Shannon mentioned earlier, if you don't back certain things up, they don't get backed up. For Have example, to do it manually. yeah, well, it's, you know, if you enabled iCloud Photo Library in iOS 8.1 or later, your photos and videos are automatically uploaded if. to iCloud at full resolution. What she said. So you have to take a lot of personal responsibility. And the truth is, you have to, whether it's a local backup yeah. on your, your, your desktop or laptop or on the cloud. The other thing is that the thing about the cloud, the cloud, it doesn't matter if it's iCloud or <laughs> Google Drive or OneDrive or Bob's Drive. Such a marketing word, Such the cloud. A, the cloud. <laughs> <laughs> um, how paranoid. Well, it started as the internet used to yes. be the cloud, the picture of a cloud. Because yeah, that's true. Who knows what the internet is. In any <laughs> case, how paranoid are you? iCloud yes. failed a lot of famous women in a very public way. Their pictures were distributed all over the interwebs. You are always at the mercy of the expertise of the people running the system you back up to. So, so true. You have to have yeah. a layer of trust there with whatever company that right. you decide to put your stuff with. So for example, if I'm using Dropbox as my cloud, I only put stuff on there that I feel comfortable right. with if it got out public. And that said, if you don't have a password on your computer and you don't lock down access to your folders or you don't encrypt your backup and your little yes. brother, little sister, uncle, aunt, Irene, Bob, neighbor, you know, repairman, computer, whatever, whoever touches this computer and can just log in there gets to look at all your information. So put a password on it. Log out encrypt when you go to the, to the restroom. Just yeah. by the way. <laughs> of course, yeah. if you guys have any questions for us, it could be anything, especially about this kind of backing stuff up. You can tweet at TechThing, <laughs> post at Facebook.com slash TechThing, or email us ask at TechThing.com, and we'll do our best to answer it for you. Hey, if you'd like to keep the show coming, do us a favor, consider becoming a patron of TechThing. Check out our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash techthing. You can donate however much you want per episode. Every little bit counts. We have lots of goals we want to complete. And more importantly, we want to keep the show going to you, and you can make that happen. Thank you so much for supporting TechThing, whether it's through Patreon, by sharing the videos, watching the videos, contributing questions, or whatever. We love each and every one of you, but we especially love the people who help support us on Patreon because we like food. Food is good. The resident storage guru at PCPer.com, 
Alan Malventano joins us. SSDs, NAS boxes, petabyte arrays made out of SSDs for super secret use. Alan's been there and done that and benchmarked them all. Alan, welcome to TechThing. Hey, how's it going? Good, man. So, I, you know, it, it's kind of funny. Do you care what people back up on as long as they back up? As long as they got multiple copies mm -hmm. and hopefully one not where their home is that may or may not burn down on them. <laughs> we got pretty deep on like three, two, one backups earlier in the show. Um, how do you feel about using an SSD as a backup? Is, can it be, would you prefer that it was one of multiple backups? Are you okay with like throwing on an SSD or a thumb drive and throwing it in a drawer somewhere? I'm, I'd, be, I'd feel better with data stored on an SSD than I would on a hard drive, actually. Why is that? Just because you put a hard drive on a shelf for a bunch of years, the bearings could dry up, there's oil in those bearings, there's moving parts. Um, you know, something that's solid state is more likely to just last for a long time just sitting on a shelf as opposed to something that's a mechanical thing. Like, you know, how, well, how likely is your car to start 10 years later, right? <laughs> Probably not very if I leave it to, well, it depends on which car. I yep. think the truck might start if I replace <laughs> the batteries, but that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> so you've done a lot of testing with NAS boxes over the years in Drobos. What's your favorite NAS box these days? Uh, I like Synology. Mm -hmm. Like just their their interface is real cool. They're um, you know it's really flexible. There's plug-in architecture. There's all sorts of different things you can do with them. Uh, yeah, and the, the price on them is pretty good. We're pretty excited. We just got in the one of the DS1515 pluses for testing. One of the things I want to try to do is get it linked up with CrashPlan. Um, is that a pretty good way to basically if you're working for a, if you're dealing with a lot of data to back up, uh, syncing your network attached storage to a third-party provider like CrashPlan or Carbonite or something like that? I mean, for, for something like that, it might be better if you uh, kind of get in early on that, like mm -hmm. before you have accumulated a very large amount of data. So, because uh, otherwise your internet connection is just going to be saturated for a very long time trying <laughs> to upload all that data, right? Most people's internet connection upstream is not very vast. No. So let's say I've got like 12 terabytes of data or I'm super paranoid and don't want to, to, to trust a third party. Um, how do you feel about boxes like IOSafe's uh, uh, as a matter of fact, I think you may have one right next to you, the, the fireproof, waterproof, 70-pound. You mean this thing? <laughs> don't, don't hurt yourself. That's, <laughs> that's essentially the armored, fireproof, waterproof version of the NAS box I was holding right here. Um, I've, let's see, what have I done? I've baked them. I've had the IOSafe underwater for at least two days. Um, you've seen people light them pretty much on fire. And pretty yeah. it, everything survived. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's obviously you'd need to get some form of another 1515 right. from, from uh, Synology if you were to recover the drives from this unit because all of the guts are not in the fireproof enclosure, just the actual you know, hard drives that are storing the data. Right. right. Yeah. They would also, I think, prefer that you sent the box to them to open up just in case. <laughs> Probably. Because they, they include uh, a data recovery with their, with their services. Um, How's Drobo doing performance-wise these days? Uh, Drobo's doing pretty good. Um, they went through a spat for a few years where some of their units just weren't performing as fast as the interface. Uh, some of it was uh, just the, the hardware inside. The units might have been a little underpowered. Some of it was a USB 3 controller chips might have been a little finicky and not negotiating at full speed. But that was a lot of the prior models. Uh, the current stuff is actually pretty good. So the most current Drobo is the 4-Bay, which is actually the original Drobo. Now there's a third version of that that came out. 
And uh, we tested it a couple months back at PC Per, and uh, it was you know well over 100 mic per second reads and writes, and um, you know it was just really impressive for for such a small device, really. Um, and four bays covers most people's you know most people will have most people that want to do these kinds of backups probably sure. have a few lar semi large drives that are you know three or four of them that they can throw in one of those things. For in terms of like administrating a Drobo, like when it first came out, it was so much easier than any of the, when the Drobo technology first came out, beyond raid, it was so much easier than anything else to administer. You know, a light turns yellow, it's, you know, light turns red, you pull a drive, you swap a drive. Um, is yeah. it that much easier than say the Synology software these days? Uh, the Synology software, it, it doesn't have, it's not that clear mm -hmm. as a Drobo where you just have lights in the front of it and sure. that's all you need to guide you. But it is pretty clear. You just you go in the interface. There's a little uh, notification thing that pops up. It'll tell you that you have a drive failed, what to do, which bay it is, you know, that sort of thing. Um, and the other thing, the other kind of difference between the Synology NAS versus uh, something like just the regular Drobo is the Drobo is a USB connected device. It's not a network device. So you ha you would have to plug that into a computer that wasn't then turn right. sharing it out to the to the whole house or a small business or whatnot if you wanted to use that in place of a Synology box. I think they still have some NAS boxes somewhere, but well, you know, rather than get bogged down on the sort of esoterics of, of Drobo's product lineup, yep. um, let's talk about drive pool. Because I was kind of surprised when you threw together a bunch of hard, you, you literally, I think, went around your house, found hard drives, and turned them into a NAS. But instead, I, I, I went around my I went around my, my house and found uh, twelve six terabyte hard drives. Yes. <laughs> Which pretty much says everything you need to know about <laughs> life at Alan's house. But instead of using FreeNAS, use something called DrivePool. What is that? Yeah, so uh, DrivePool runs under Windows, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas FreeNAS, you kind of have to have dedicated install and like, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, and you really have to truly dedicate that machine to just being the NAS, right? Um, whereas DrivePool is just a layer that runs on top of Windows, uh -huh. and then it can just accumulate a round of hard drives that you connect to that system by whichever means you can get them plugged in. Could be USB, SATA, could be a RAID card that's in just a bunch of drives mode, or it's not trying to make its own RAID. You know, just get them connected to the system. That's the only important part. And then it will just take them all, group them under one drive letter, and then from that point, it's just whatever you stick on that, it will duplicate across those drives individually. So it just, each drive is NTFS formatted, and that's kind of why I lean towards that, because you know, who knows, system could fail, RAID cards can fail, you, you really don't want to be locked into any one particular way of connecting right. the drives. This way, you can just disconnect the drives, plug them into a USB dock even, connect to a Windows machine, it'll just mount the NTFS partition and they'll see the portion of the files that were on the array, you just look, read them that easily. So, like, one of the big reasons for running a free NAS would be using, like, ZFS Plus, which allows you to do some, it's, it's, it's kind of sort of the most badass RAID um, yeah. um, file yeah, system you, ever made. You can do, you can do full volume sure. snapshots. You can just like do the equivalent of a VMware snapshot with an entire file system. That's it's pretty cool actually. So, but drive parity, or excuse me, for drive pool isn't doing data parity across, isn't like laying data from all of the files across all of the drives. But if you want redundancy, you basically tell drive pool, just throw copies of this file on multiple drives. Yeah, you tell it how many. Mm -hmm. You can even do it by directory. You can even say, I want that directory duplicated three times because I'm really worried about that one. And it will put every file in that directory will be on mm -hmm. three separate hard drives in that pool. 
So can you use something like CrashPlan to duplicate off-site your directory inside of your drive pool? I mean, I'm pretty sure I can get it running CrashPlan syncing up the NAS. Can I do that with the, the drive pool box you just described? I, I, think, I think you can point CrashPlan, like they just have a client for Windows, right? So right. you just point it to a directory. You would just point it to that directory. It, it doesn't appear any differently. It just looks like a, a, a local disk. It's just a really big local disk, but it just see, it would see it as you know regular drive letter. So any, any app uh, that would sync to anything, right, be it right. Amazon, CrashPlan, just any of those backup um, things could work with DrivePool or DriveBender or any of those other ones that are, that are kind of nesting uh, uh, drives within Windows, yeah. So I'm going to ask you one last thing before we go, maybe two more things before we go, but it, it seems like, you know, you're pretty agnostic on hardware, but the biggest challenge for everybody is either automating their backups or just remembering to back files up and get some of them off-site. Yeah, um, it is kind of tricky though, right. right? That's that's the thing. It's making it automated, right? So, and I mean that's what that's what like CrashPlan is for, just so that, that there's something going on there. Um, I kind of do something weird with uh, my really, really, really important data, like the stuff that I want to be offsite, but I don't have that much of that, right? You kind of get smaller sure. and smaller subsets of data. I just use Dropbox for that because even if there's an accidental deletion, I can go back and I can pull the prior version because they save prior versions for I think it's 30 days. Um, yeah, so just sometimes just the, the most ubiquitous, like the thing that's kind of everywhere, just go with that, right? And that's, uh, and I mean, I'm still on a free Dropbox account. I just, you know, right. I, yeah, you don't really so need. What, what I'm what I'm hearing here is keep it simple, stupid, but just yeah. do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but definitely do it, right? Absolutely do it, right? Uh, you know, um, yeah, I mean, if this house right here burned down, I would lose some stuff. Yes, but the really important stuff, I wouldn't because it's not all just here. Dude, what's coming up on PC Per that you can tell us about? Uh, there's going to be a pretty big solid state drive release tomorrow. Really? Uh, yeah, and there's already been a video put out by Intel. Ooh. Like previewing, so I can say yes, it's from Intel, and it's a pretty big SSD release, and it's pretty much embarrassing to everybody else's SSD. Ladies and gentlemen, if you want to find out Intel's latest, which apparently is going to spank the industry in a way that only Intel can, go to PCPer.com, search for Alan Malventano. Alan, thanks so much, man, for making the time. We got an email from Lawrence. He writes, I've been a fan of Patrick since the screensavers and Shannon ever since she joined Patrick on Techzilla. Love the new show. I have heard Patrick preach back up your data over the years, but you need to add one more thing. Test your backup. You really don't have a backup unless you test restoring a file or two or three. Thanks for all the great info. I hope the new show continues for many years from Lawrence. Well, thank first, you. Yeah, thank you, Lawrence. And second of all, absolutely, if you don't <laughs> verify that your backups are actually backing up, you're doomed. You're doomed. Doomed. Yeah, make sure you can access it. Make sure you didn't forget mm -hmm. the password to your online cloud service or whatever. Because <laughs> yeah. that would be bad. It, it sounds ridiculous, but there have been times where critical data for businesses or critical data for regular human beings has been lost because like, yes. ah, it's all automatic. And it's like, ah, check every well, once in a while. You need to check it. Yeah, like once a year, go ahead and check it. Make sure things are still backing once up continuously. Month. Once a month. Probably not. Daily is probably excessive. Yeah, don't, don't do it. That <laughs> does take too much work. Just make sure it's actually doing what you think it's doing once in a while. And lastly, and this is a question for you, Patrick. What are my options for backing up a, I don't know, a file or two or a whole <laughs> folder maybe or a whole computer? Are there specific programs 
for each of these? So many options, <laughs> the mind boggles. I often use Dropbox for single files or folders, yeah. especially if it's stuff I want to share with other people. Box.com, Google Cloud Storage, Microsoft OneDrive, iCloud, all make it easy to back up multiple versions of files, access them from anywhere, share them. We can list these services on for days. I think all of them <laughs> offer the ability to do multiple versions and sharing. They but do, yes. You get the idea. There are a lot of options, many of which are built into services you already pay for. For a whole computer, I like drive imaging or cloning software, especially if I remember to do it right after I get the operating system and all the drivers and all my favorite apps installed. I basically Ooh. take a snapshot of the hard drive in a perfect unsullied configuration. It's especially good if you do regular testing with machines and stuff. And, good point. And, although VMs are pretty good for that now, but that, yeah. that's a whole side tunnel I won't go into. Uh, in terms of Max, OS X, Time Machine is pretty cool, and it's built in. Carbon Copy Cloner and Super Duper both make full images to replace your entire uh, install and data if, say, your hard drive crashes in an epic way. On Windows, Microsoft started building backup and restore on Windows 7. You can use it to mark individual files and folders. There's also previous versions of files, which was replaced by file history in Windows 8, which can automatically back up a copy of your personal files onto an external drive every time there's a change, um, which is really, really cool. But they got rid of system image backups until in Windows 8.1 Microsoft bought brought back Windows system image backups because everybody went, it worked, why did you take it away? So props <laughs> to Microsoft. Why did they do that? Well, yeah, and then uh. the whole interface change and other things, but Microsoft's listening now. Um, in terms of third-party Windows cloning and imaging tools, CloneZilla is really awesome Ooh, and yes. free. Easy as Partition Master and Acronis True Image are both excellent for basically Ooh. going, I want a copy of everything in here Moved on to a separate piece of data, piece of data, piece of hardware. It's <laughs> late, hardware. and we're a little nuts at this point. A separate, <laughs> an external drive. It's nice though. You know, it's always nice to have like one copy of the whole thing because yeah. if you if you clone or image a drive, you essentially have everything off of the drive. Not just your files, not just your operating system, not just your apps, but everything that was on that drive. So we just scratched the surface with this. Yeah. Of course, there's so much that we could go into detail with as far as backing up your data. So of course, if you guys have a backup tip, yeah. if there's something that you feel like we forgot, make sure to share it with us and share it yeah. with the audience. You can email us, you can post it on our Facebook page. We wanna hear from you because you guys have really, really good ideas. If nothing else, if all of this sounds like ridiculous and overkill, if there's something that's really <laughs> important to you, a file, your thesis, that pitch for the business you're working on, that picture of your mom, dad, girlfriend, boyfriend. Cats and dogs. Exactly. Just throw it on a thumb drive yeah. today. And then pull the thumb drive out of the side of your machine and put it someplace safe. Just start, start with just backing up one thing you don't think you really want to lose ever. You can also email your pictures of cats and dogs to me. I like this. Ask at techthing.com. <laughs> that wraps up this episode of Tech Thing. If you like it, please subscribe at techthing.com or youtube.com slash techthing. And before we go, have you backed up your system or your phone have lately? You? Really? Go do it now. <laughs> just like pause the show and go do it right now. And remember, <laughs> once in a while, just put down your phone after it's done backing up. Step away from the screen, close your laptop after you've backed it up, and do something analog, like going on vacation. She's in the Bahamas by the time I you're am. watching this. Yes. Maybe Finally. she's back and suffering in Northern California. Oh, that's not bad up here. I'm <laughs> Battery Norton. <laughs> I'm Shannon Morse. We'll see you next week on Tech Thing. <laughs> this is me in the sunlight. Oh, that's <sighs> what it feels like. Whatever. Getting a tan. Uh-huh. Oh, what is this sunlight thing? I'm a vampire.
Do you own one of the services that did the spray-on tanning systems? That sounds so scary. Why? It's I like know. sugar. Chemicals. Chemicals. <sighs> <laughs> Yet you will lie in front of the sun on a beach. My hippie friend is roasting. rubbing off on me. Chemicals. But there's too many chemicals. Well, there are too many chemicals, <laughs> and they make life more enjoyable. <laughs> I'm Patty Norton for Large Chemical Corporation. We love our chemicals. Mmm, chemicals. Like the way that tastes? <laughs> chemicals. Like your laptop? Chemicals. Like the internet? Well, there's chemicals and a lot of the things that do you make like the French internet fries? work. Chemicals. chemicals. Do you like to eat your RAM? Like I do, chemicals. <laughs> really bad ones to ingest. <laughs>